Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. Good morning. If I'm old, Hill, that must make you ancient. (laughs) Good morning, I'm Will, um, and it's great to be speaking to you this morning. We're in a series called Destiny, and we're trying to work out what our calling is, what our purpose is, and what God is asking us to do. And and this week is the first time we're looking at Esther, a very interesting book. I encourage you, if you've never read Esther, give it a read. It's quite short. It's a fantastic story. Um, very, very interesting. No mention of God. No mention of God. This story's about Jews, but there's no mention of a Jewish culture or the Jewish religious sense. And this is why this book is genius. See, the Jews hold this book, Esther, in high regard. They read it every year. And the anti-Semites absolutely despise it. They're clearly threatened by something. You know, the Nazis banned it from the concentration camps, not even being mentioned and not even being read and taken into the concentration camps. So what they did is learned it off by heart and used to recite it in, um, in secret. Time and time again, history in history, we have seen that the Jewish nation has tried to be wiped out. And, and the Nazis tried to do it the, the last time. But t- read the Bible. It's full of people trying to get rid of the Jewish uh, faith. But they have resisted annihilation every single time. Why? Because God is sovereign over all things. Yeah? He's sovereign over all things. And the story of Esther is full of God coincidences, ironic reversals that show us that God's purpose always prevails. God's purpose always prevails and he is working behind the scenes even if you don't feel it right now. Even if you don't feel God or sense him, he is there working for the good of those who love him. You know, when I ever speak in this church, I always spend a lot of time in the week saying, Lord, I don't just want a message. I want to know what you're saying to PBC right now. Give me a message that is important for us to take us further. And I believe that I've got one this morning from God for you. So Esther, a recap of the story. We've got a pagan king called Xerxes. He's put on this elaborate banquet over 180 days. This was to show his greatness and how fabulous he was. And when you read in history, he actually then tries to invade Greece, but fails at this. So this was almost like him showing how great he is. And one day, he was really drunk and tried to summon his king, King Vashti, Queen Vashti, and brought her forward and said, look at this beautiful, beautiful queen. Well, she refused. She didn't want to be shown in front of everybody like that. And he did not like that. So the king summons his, his advisors and says, what do we do about this? How do we stop this? And how do I deal with this? What's in the law? And they said, they advised him and said, you need to deal with this because we got, got to make sure no other women treat us men like this. So he banishes her from his presence and gets rid of her and sends out a decree 
that all women should respect their husbands. The next day after he'd calmed down and sobered up, I think he regretted it a little bit, and said to his advisor, what do I do? And he said, well, why don't you search for a new queen? So the king basically puts on this beauty pageant and eventually decides that he wants to marry this, or not marry, make a queen, um, his queen, Esther. She was by far the favorite. Esther was a Jew, and she was advised by her uncle, do not mention that you are a Jew. Do not reveal that you are a Jew. Did Esther choose this destiny? No. Did God place her and strategically place her? Yes. If I said to you, I've got a calling for every single one of you. God's told me a calling, and it's going to get exciting and overwhelm you. Come and speak to them at the end, and I'll tell you exactly what God's going to do with you. I reckon there'd be a huge queue. Hardly any of you would go for tea and coffee. One of the most common conversations I have is people saying, what is my calling? What's God asking me to do? Which mission trip should I go on? Where should I live? These are all fantastic questions. I want to tell you today, you have got a specific calling on your life. God is specifically calling you to something and wants to set you apart. You know, when you are recognized that you've been chosen or called for something, it builds you up, doesn't it? It it builds anticipation and empowers you. Like when I was in primary school, I was chosen and called out of all the other teammates to be the B-team football team captain. (laughs) I don't even know who I was trying to be, if I'm honest, Um, or even who the coach knew exactly who I was. But I was not just a regular team member. I was the team captain of the B-team. You know, I was even given an armband. And, and, and if anybody was wondering who was in charge, um, they would just simply have to look at my arm and know everything is well. <laughs> you know, it was my job to collect the balls and make sure there was enough pressure in them for my teammates to perform really well. It was also my job to get out the numbers of the, of the shirts and give them to my teammates. It was also my job to place the hand in the middle of the circle and expect them to place their hand on top of mine and think of a word that's going to inspire my whole team and do this. That was my job as team captain. And if everybody ever wondered who I was, I was the team captain. Because I was anointed and called as the team captain. You know, there was something about being assigned to this role that created some excitement and emboldened me. Maybe you're asking those similar questions. What career should I do? Who am I? What's my role? Where should I live? Who should I marry? What mission trip should I go on? What does God want me to do? When we think of calling, we instantly go to do. But God always starts with who before the do. If your who isn't right, if you don't know who you are, then your do will never be right. Before anything, before you work out your destiny and your calling on your life, you need to know who you are and who God sees you as. You know, at the end of school, and it was match day, I would be allowed to leave class a little bit earlier. 
and I'd walk past the classrooms, and then there'd be the window, and I'd... <laughs> I knew who I was. I had permission to go and do that, because I knew I, had, I was the captain, and I could leave the classroom whenever I wanted. There's a Bible verse that should come up on the screens, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful life. When Christians talk about calling or vocation, it's not about your work. When you read the Bible, calling isn't associated to your vocation or your job or, or what you do. God cares about those things. God cares really a lot about where he places you and what you're doing. But it isn't your call. Your call is much higher than this. See, the Bible goes so much deeper than this. God calls people to be united to him and in every aspect of li in life, acknowledge him. But this can only happen if we res respond to God's call. We need to acknowledge him in all ways and he will make your path straight. So before you think about what job I should do, before you think about those big questions, you need to make sure that you are right with God. You need to make sure that you know who you are in Christ. A life worth your calling. Worthy of your calling. For a long time, I thought my purpose, my destiny, and my identity was in my job, in my family, in, in my, my, my degree, all these wonderful things. But it goes deeper. Your calling is a lot higher. Because who you are will change the world, but what you do won't. So, first question, what is your calling? What is your calling? Well, the Bible says first, be saved. Be saved. Get to know Jesus. Be saved. The second thing, be holy. Be holy. He has called us to be a holy church. He's also called us to be, belong to Jesus. The Bible says, you, um, and you who are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. You are also called to be free. That freedom, that's what Jesus came for. And if anything's holding you back, that's not true freedom. Get to know Jesus. He wants to set you free. It's the freedom that isn't selfish. It's the freedom that you serve one another humbly in love. God's called us to be peacemakers in the workplace and in our homes. God's called you to eternal life. To take hold of that eternal life, which has been given to you. He's called you out of the darkness. And he's called you to a life of suffering. Following Christ is hard. Following Christ may result in you suffering. What a calling. What a calling to follow Jesus. In Scripture, it says, All things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. It's important, important as Christians to explore the calling on our life. Are you searching for your destiny? Respond to the call of Christ first. Do you know, with Esther, her destiny was revealed unexpectedly. It was, she was in this position and situation that she probably had not much control over. 
Yet she needed to seize that opportunity. She needed to step into the destiny. So what is your front line? Hannah's spoken about her front line. Where were you strategically placed now? You know, the first two chapters of Esther is all about her being in that place. Her call is much higher. Do you think she stopped one night and went, I need to get out my destiny square that Reuben talked about and just make sure that this is what God's destiny is? Although this is really important and have a go at doing your destiny square, but she took, she had an opportunity to make the most of where God had placed her. Are you making the most of the now? Are you making the most where God's got you in your families, in your friendships, in your workplace, in your community? We get so caught up with this question, don't we, that we miss what's happening right now. The Bible talks about Jesus, the word, being the lamp unto my feet. He's not talking about I light the whole path so you can see every single detail of where I'm taking you and what I've called you to do. He's simply just lighting your feet. I think there's something in that. We spend so often looking out there that we forget to look at our feet. Where are we now? Where are we now and how can God use me now? Our call is simple, to bring glory to God, not ourselves, to God, in everything you do. And you might be saying now, but Will, I'm really struggling in my, my moment now. You know, God's timing is perfect, and you have to trust that, that God's timing is perfect, and he is working for the good of those who love him, and he is going to deliver you. But he will move you on in his perfect timing. He is molding you and preparing you. Learn what he is teaching you right now. You know, the Bible says some great advice. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if you were working for the Lord and not human masters. And when I went to university, I, at that point, I was a lifeguard, and um, I was looking to be a lifeguard again. And I tried every leisure center, every sport club to try and become that lifeguard again. And I just couldn't. I couldn't get a job. And I just could not afford to um, fund my extravagant lifestyle. I was not using supermarket-owned brand, thank you very much. <laughs> so I had to go and get a job, and I managed to get a job at McDonald's. And I was miserable. <laughs> it was miserable. I'd gone from getting paid to save lives. <laughs> How cool is that? Paid to save lives as, an, as a lifeguard, watching out for anyone who's in need in my waters. Sometimes I'd sit there and go, Lord, just give me an easy one so I can jump in, just so I can say I've saved someone's life. Anyway, that's past the point. You know, at points, I was even having to convince myself, oh, I won't be here my whole life. I'm just here for now, so I don't need to invest in the people that are around me, and I don't need to do a good job in this because I'm simply here to earn some money so then I can fund my lifestyle. This actually challenged me. When I read, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as for the Lord, <laughs> and not Ronald McDonald. <laughs> You know, it was a point where I put different glasses on and saw my situation as it was. I saw the whole situation differently when I realized that I could be flipping burgers for Jesus. I could be the best burger flipper. I almost wanted to get my own spatulas and have a little belt in there and then coming right up, two quarter pounders. 
and it completely would change my workplace. It would change the culture of my workplace. It didn't happen. But, um, and one day I got chatting to this, this colleague of mine, and I started to notice my colleagues a bit more and just decide to chat to them. And this guy didn't look very happy, so I just said, is everything okay? And he said, I'm just really unhappy here. And he was from Kenya. I said, how long have you been here? And he said, 10 years. And I said, how long have you been unhappy? And he said, 10 years. So I said, what are you doing here? Go home. And he said, I can't, because 10 years ago, I sold my dad's tractor to fund a flight to come over to the UK to find a better life. I said, have you found that better life? And he said, absolutely not. So we had this amazing conversation over a quarter pounder. And he said, I can't speak to my dad. He will kill me. He'll literally kill me. Anyway, I encouraged him and just said, go on, get on the phone, track him down. Just go and apologize and go home and have a better life. And the next week when I had my, my other shift, he came running in, Will, Will, I got in contact with my father and he's forgiven me and he's paid for a flight and he wants me home ASAP. And this is my last shift and I couldn't believe it. And now it's only a small little thing, but then I thought that's why I was at McDonald's. You know, I was neglecting where God had placed me. I was neglecting the place where God had put, put my feet and was lighting up. And at the moment I looked up and saw the people around me, I could make a difference. I could change the culture. I could introduce people to Jesus. The story of Esther is about one crucial moment where in history God's promises are fulfilled but not by miraculous intervention, which we're always looking for, but through completely ordinary and, uh, events and people. So think about what God can do through your ordinary events and people. Think what God can do in your life when he saved a whole nation through Esther. But the interesting thing, when you read about Esther, she hid her Jewish identity, so she was a closet Jew. She actually ended up sleeping with the king before she was married to him, and he was a Gentile, uncircumcised Gentile, and that was completely against Jewish laws. And, but from what we've been reading, she actually didn't follow dietary laws when it came to the king's feasts. That doesn't sound like someone that God would use to save a whole nation, it doesn't matter what you've done, who you are, God can still use you. She was no Saint Esther, but my goodness, God used her. God used her right where he placed her. You know, God is moving history forward to accomplish what he has set out before time, before Jesus returns. Are we going to play our part? Are we going to get involved or not? So before you work out your destiny... And what God wants you to do, sort out the who before the do. Remind yourself of the higher calling that is on your life, especially in those difficult situations this week. You need to be humble. You need to be loving. You need to be forgiving because you are serving Jesus, not your boss, not your manager. We have a higher calling, and that calling is going to change the world. So in everything you do, do it for Jesus. My granny used to say to me, or used to always say, remember whose you are and whom you serve. If there's anything you remember this week, in every situation, remember whose you are 
You are a child of God in whom you serve. You serve the one who rules the universe. So, do you have a spiritual call today? Is the Father calling you home? Are you needing to be saved? Do you need to belong to Jesus? Is that your calling this morning? Or are you too busy caught up with, with where you are and what to do and these big questions that you aren't living that life worthy of the call? Do you need to put yourself right with God this morning and become set apart, a set apart nation? Or do you need to hear that you are a child of God? That you are precious, that you are loved, that God wants to use you, God wants to set you free. Shall we pray? Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.